You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. All sorts of time for Lance, who's on the move, set his feet, and now comes back across the field. He heaves downfield. His pass is complete to Dimitri Williams, streaking up the sideline and gone. A broken play becomes one of the biggest of the day. A 73-yard touchdown from Lance to Williams. It's BetQL Daily with Joe Ostrowski and Ryan Horvat on the BetQL Audio Network. All right, we're just a few days away from the NFL draft, and you got rumors, all sorts of stuff. By the way, this is just great. This puts a smile on my face. And we're seeing more and more of this yeah. from NFL players. By the way, it's BetQL Daily here weekdays, 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, and since it's a Monday, that means it's Joe Ostrowski and Ryan Horvath. I'm here every day and uh, Horvath here on Mondays and Wednesdays. And then Thursdays when we do the three-man weave with Ross Tucker as well. We're on 1430, the bet in Denver, 105.9 FM HD2 in Chicago, 93.1 FM HD3 in Los Angeles. Trevor Lawrence has signed an endorsement deal with Cryptocurrency Portfolio Management App. Blockfolio. I have that app. Very good. Very good app. This from Joe Pompliano. This is his tweet. The interesting part, he accepted his signing bonus with Blockfolio, obviously not with the Jaguars yet, uh, with Blockfolio exclusively in crypto, which is already worth more today than what it was than when it was deposited on Friday. There are a lot of uh, NFL players that have made a good chunk of money by taking some of their signing bonuses and just putting it all, dumping it into crypto, man. Oh yeah, we're gonna see this more and more, man. Especially yeah, we already have. Especially coming out of the draft and when these guys sign their endorsements and their signing bonuses, I think we're gonna see it more and more with some of the younger players. Now with the vets, you know, I, I don't know how much we're gonna see it, but definitely interesting. I think this is like the second or third tweet that I've seen. In the Okung last- did it. Russell Kung, I believe, yeah. is one of the guys. Yeah. Man. Good for good for hey, good for Trevor Lawrence though, man. I like it, and it's already well, more than it was on Friday, so good for him. Listen and. It's an endorsement, right? So it's like funny money. It's in probably investment money for a lot of these players. Oh yeah, yeah, you know? yeah, right, exactly. You're not gonna. I don't know if I would do it with my signing bonus or or with my deal. Ask for that, but with an endorsement, I mean, that's just play around money. And how many endorsements is Trevor Lawrence gonna have before it's all said and done? Before the end <laughs> of the year, even man, with the hair, the marketing. We'll see what he looks like on the field in Jacksonville. I can't wait for this draft and, and just to see this rookie class. But that's why I wanted to ask Michael that question. Joe, when's the last time you saw a mock draft where a defensive player wasn't taken before pick 10? Especially like with the league, the way that the league's built right now, it's all about pass rushers. You know, every year there's a defensive end out of Ohio State, whether it's one of the right. brothers or Chase Young. This year, all we're talking about is offense. Quarterbacks, Kyle Pitts, a tight end in the top five. Where are the running backs going to go? Do you disagree with that? 
No, no, not at all. Not in this year's draft, but it's just, you know, I'm a Green Bay Packer fan and I want help on the defensive side of the ball. So I'm hoping that all these, you know, top offensive players do go right with the first 15, 16 picks. But there's always big surprises in this draft, man. And I wouldn't be shocked if a pass rusher does go in the top eight. I wouldn't. And, and it'll be – I would. I would be floored. If a, t- if a pass rusher in this draft goes in the top eight, they should be fired immediately. What if what if John Gruden somehow in uh, Mike Mayock trade their way up into the top couple picks here? I mean, Which pass rusher is worth trading up, giving up that much capital to take in the top eight that you wouldn't get later on? Oh no, not in this draft. No, absolutely. Well, that's not. the po- I think that's the point though. It's it's the state of the league. It's an offensive league. So if you have top 10 picks, you be- you better be getting some difference makers. That's tough to do to, to make an argument to get a defensive player that is a difference maker. It better be a pass rusher and the pass rushers stink in this draft. No, you're right. I mean, even the names that are popping up, like Micah Parsons, you're seeing linebackers, a lot of DBs, JC Horn potentially going. Uh, but no, man, no pass rushers, which is just, it's crazy though. It, it really is. Um, but again, you know, um, we'll see how it goes down. No, nothing will really surprise me. The only thing that would surprise me is if Zach Wilson goes, doesn't go to number two, doesn't go number two. We all know Trevor Lawrence is going number one. I'm not sold on Zach Wilson. Like his most impressive performance to me this year was the game against Coastal Carolina where he wasn't great and they lost that game just because they were beating the hell out of him and he kept getting back up. But yeah. I'm not sold on Zach Wilson, man. And it's just to me, it's crazy that we've been talking about Fields since he was a sophomore in high school at Georgia, even his freshman year at Georgia when he transferred out because he couldn't beat out Jake Fromm. And now all of a sudden, there's a chance that he's going to slip to the fourth quarterback taken in this draft. And Trey Lance is really going to be the third overall. If you're the, if you're, if you're the Jets, you've moved on from Darnold. You have your shot. You want to take your quarterback, and you never want to be in the top five for the next 10 to 15 years. And that's what happens if you get a franchise quarterback. Right. If you're Joe Douglas, what are you doing? Um, like, where am I going with the yes. picks? <laughs> what oh, do you think well, I'm asking? Yeah. I mean, yeah. which one I would go with fields. I'd go, go with fields at two. Okay. Is really that crazy? Would, I, I would. I, I, again, I was impressed. I, I know that fields had a couple rough games, but again, you have to look at the situation that Ohio state was in this year. Like most weeks, they didn't know if they were going to have a game. He didn't know who he was going to be throwing the football to or who was going to be blo- – like who had more COVID issues than Ohio State this year? And all we wanted because of the Big Ten was to sneak them into the college football playoff. Oh, maybe they'll play five games. Maybe they'll play six games. So that's why I'm giving him a free pass this year. And then his most impressive performance was on the biggest stage in the college football playoff game, and he was excellent, and he probably shouldn't have even been on the field. He was injured. I just feel like a guy like that is just – that, that's who I want, man. He can make plays. You know, the combine numbers were ridiculous. And I don't buy into this last person into the weight room, first person to leave nonsense either. Look at this guy. He's an athlete in terrific shape. Then I look at Mac Jones. Like, nobody's talking about Mac Jones' history either. Like, not only the off-the-field stuff with Mac Jones, but what's what's his work ethic like? Like, have you seen that guy without a shirt? I'm not trying to be a weirdo here, but we're really talking about Justin Fields' work ethic in the weight room. I would I would put a bet right now that Fields has the better career. Yeah, I've got to know. I'd be willing to make that bet when once I know where they're going. The situation. I mean, it's right. it's all about the coaches and what they surround you with, yeah. and the plan of attack here. Uh, Ian Rappaport last night. Let's get to this. Uh, he tweets as the 49ers close in on their decision of which quarterback to take at number three. Sources say they are down to two prospects, and the belief in those. Is those two are Bama quarterback Mac Jones, Mac Jones and quarterback Trey Lance. 
Several sources say the focus does appear to have shifted to those two. Several sources. If you're San Francisco and you've been keeping this quiet after the world knows that we're going Trevor Lawrence, we're going Zach Wilson, one, two, you've got the third pick. Now you've been keeping it hush, hush, what you're doing with third overall. Why are you letting this loose the week of the draft? Yeah. Yeah. No, I know. I don't, I don't buy a second of this. I think this is garbage. This is, this could be doing a fate. It could be many things. It could be doing a favor for a team. Uh, it could be doing a favor for an agent which you just um, mentioned uh, all the stuff going on with Fields. We talked about it last week. It's the other agents. That's all this is. There's a lot of uh, bartering going on with that. So be careful. As soon as I saw this, not only did the odds flip on the Canby books, Fields went to plus 500 to be the third overall pick. Uh, that was a ridiculous overreaction. But after seeing this tweet, my first thought was, it might not be Mac Jones or Trey, Trey Lance. That that's where I'm at. Really? See, I oh, yeah. know that it is going to be one of them. And I think it is going to be Mac Jones. And it's I don't like know. The points that Ross made, man. Like the more I think about it, you think of the quarterbacks that the Shanahan's like. And it's the Matt Schobbs and the Jimmy Garoppolo's. And you know, Matt Ryan, that's probably the most talented quarterback they worked with. But then you remember the short time they had with RG3. He won rookie of the year and still like all year long, even though he didn't turn the football over. They couldn't stand the guy. And then obviously the injuries and it didn't work out, you know, when he comes back from the ACL. But I feel like Mac Jones is what they want in that system because he's just going to take the throws that are given. He's not going to try to do too much. And that's kind of what they like in San Francisco. Like, look at the Niners when they were successful two years ago when they made the run to the Super Bowl. Jimmy Garoppolo didn't have to do a whole lot because it's all zone runs. Like, they just run the football. He threw the ball nine times in the NFC Championship game. So wouldn't what, what, you rather have the elite quarterback that can raise everyone around you? No, don't, you think, don't you think if we're having a conversation with Kyle Shanahan, hey, Kyle, would you rather have a quarterback that fits your system or would you have a top, rather have a top 10 guy? Don't you think he'd rather say you'd have a top 10 guy? I feel like that's what he should say. And I think that he's one of the brightest minds in the NFL. So he should yeah. know. Oh, Trey Lance, like I don't know a whole lot about Trey. Like Trey Lance in this draft is like what Jordan Love was to me, you know? He's got some nice performances, but who did he really play against? And then this year, he didn't really, what did he play? One game. So I'm with you like there, and especially that year that San Francisco goes to the Super Bowl. Look at, was it week 16, week 17? They play in that game against the Saints, and it's a shootout. And they win that game because Jimmy Garoppolo actually had to make some plays with his legs. I'd rather have the guy that can make plays, especially when things break down, can get out of the pocket, use his legs. And that's what I see in fields is a guy that he's going to do some things that frustrates you, right? He's going to throw off his back foot. He'll turn the football over. He'll make some dumb mistakes, but with the game on the line, he's also the kind of guy that can make some plays. And with Mac Jones, like when the pocket collapses, is he going to be able to make plays with his legs? Is he going to be able to be able to improvise? Like you look at the guys around the league that could do that. Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson, not system type quarterbacks. They're successful no matter what situation you put them in. So I would go with fields, but I would be shocked, man, if he went number three, like last week, all right, all right, all right. Let me, here, give me a minute here, and uh, you tell me if I'm insane. Okay. So I started thinking about this last week, okay? And the notion that I hear people throw out, I think Ross mentioned mentioned it, but then he went the other way later on in the show. So we'll talk to him on Thursday where he's at with San Francisco. Mm -hmm. But um, the notion that San Francisco gave up all this draft capital to get to three, and they didn't know what they were doing is a bunch of trash. Oh, yeah. There is no way a competent NFL organization, and the Niners are that, moved up, moved, gave up that much without knowing exactly 
what they were doing. And they did it once the world knew which quarterbacks were going one and two. You with me there? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Okay. Up unless they know exactly who they want. Exactly. And we did see this report from Ian Rappaport last night, but throughout much of the process, why do we why do we know they're going quarterback? Because it's common sense, right? That's what you do right now. You you go and you get the quarterback. If you're moving up into the top three, it's because you want a quarterback. You've got a guy you you targeted, and you're gonna go and get that guy. But prior to last night, I didn't hear a lot of reports that oh. It's this quarterback or it's that quarterback. It's just people throwing their opinions out there. And anytime Chris Sims does it because he's friends with Shanahan, people put extra weight behind it. And we just did it again with Michael Felder. And I thought he made a great point. And he was going on and on about how much he loves Kyle Pitts. And Felder's not alone. That is most evaluators. Mm -hmm. That if Pitts played almost any other position, he's yeah. the best player in a draft. And people still say that he's the best player in a draft, but the problem is he doesn't play quarterback, right? Most right. important position in all sports. What if San Francisco gave all this up? Kyle Shanahan with the ego, with the idea that I know what I want. I want an offense that has George freaking Kittle and Kyle Pitts on the field at the same time. And I have heard some rumblings about that idea over the last few days. I did start to think about it late last week um, before I heard anything. Like, wow, that would be amazing. We, we say you don't change win totals, you don't change Super Bowl odds, anything that happens in the draft. But you talk about a day one impact, have Pitts. And Kittle, and then the national people are like, what are you doing? You draft a tight end, number three overall, even though we all know that Pitts is not a tight end. Pitts, three overall to San Francisco, which is now 50 to one on points bet. Is that a crazy bet? Is that lighting money on fire? See, I don't think it's like crazy because I've like we've all seen the film of Pitts and he's not just a tight end. Like he's a wide receiver, but I like what Michael said uh, because that's like the way I'm looking at it. Can he block, though? Because the two tight end system, you look at what New England did. I mean, with Gronkowski and insert. Right. And, you know, man, that offense was ridiculous with the multiple tight ends. But they're a running football team. So that's what we got to kind of take into account. How good of a blocker is Pitts? Because they're going to continue to run the football. I wouldn't hate that. And especially like, okay, so Jimmy Grapple was a little bit of a disaster, but he was coming Dude, up. Then, then it's mass chaos. Everyone's calling the Falcons so they can move up and take the quarterback of their choice, right? Yeah, yeah. I don't see it happening, but I don't think it's crazy. And I think if like if I'm a San Francisco fan, I'd be ecstatic. I mean, and if Atlanta sits chilly, if Atlanta sits chilly at four and they take Pitts, that's a great move for them so many ways this can go Let, let's continue the conversation we'll talk about some bets that we do like and some other nfl draft notes it's joe Zdrowski, ryan horvat you've got betql daily and you're locked into the betql audio network from the court to the ice we're gonna help you put money in your wallet it's betql daily with joe ostrowski and ryan horvat on the betql audio network yeah you're making sports bets but are you making winning sports bets to win consistently you need an edge research analytics 
It's a lot. Or you could let BetQL do the work for you. Every game, every potential bet, from winners and losers to all the sides and totals, line movement, player props, and more. All backed by BetQL's proven data and analytics. BetQL analyzes over 350,000 unique bets every year and rates each potential bet on a scale of one to five stars. A five star is definitely a smart bet. One star, smart money is staying away. BetQL even lets you sort all of today's games with the best options listed right there at the top of your screen. BetQL gives you access to the same information the pros use. The stuff the sports books don't want you to see. It's time to bet smarter and beat the books with BetQL. Visit BetQL.com today and use promo code BET for 20% off. That's 20% off with promo code BET at BetQL.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's BetQL Daily with Joe Ostrowski and Ryan Horvat on the BetQL Audio Network. You know, on one hand, I do want Thursday to get here. But Horvat, I mean, isn't this just so much fun talking about all these various scenarios that can go down before we get there? Like, I, I'm not, yes, I want the draft because Thursday is going to be awesome. And I can't wait to bet this thing every which way, finding the best numbers, all of these cool offerings that are out there that we have not seen before in the past in the sports betting world. But I also don't mind this stuff because this is so much fun. While many have said, well, the draft starts at three, starts at three. We know one. Jacksonville's taking Trevor Lawrence, too. Jets are taking Zach Wilson. I'd say that that's that's a correct take. Maybe, maybe, but the most fascinating in the top fifth, top five, rather, is the fifth pick with Cincinnati. Yeah. And even though I was just making a case, now I'm talking about a small percentage, that maybe you get some value we're sitting there. Maybe Pitts goes three, and that's 50 to one at points. But like, I'm not making a prediction. If I'm filling out a mock draft right now, I would say, yeah, okay, I, I guess it's going to be Mac Jones. That's where I would go. But I think the most fascinating selection is at five because that's where it gets really tough. Like Atlanta, if they sit there at four, no trades are made, they don't deal their four for a team looking to move up for a quarterback. And Kyle Pitts is there. You take Kyle Pitts and you put him on the field with Julio Jones, and that's going to be a lot of fun with a brand new offense in the Falcons in the dome. But five, after Joe Burrow has a season ending injury and the world is telling you, hey, idiots, why don't you protect your franchise and the next 15 years of your franchise with Joe Burrow if he's willing to stay? Unlike Carson Palmer did, he's like, get me out of here. Let's say Burrow's willing to stay, protect him. And there was an assumption for months and months and months that it would be Sewell. But now oh, maybe Joe Burrow's talking them into Jamar Chase, by far the best receiver in the draft. That's where I think it really gets fun because I have no idea what the Bengals are going to do. Yeah, yeah, right. And you would say, you know, Joe Burrow, especially the way that he plays the game, which is that sometimes I love Joe Burrow, but a little reckless. Like he got hit a lot last year. 
because the offensive line was so bad, but also he hangs on to the ball a little bit too long and he gets a little reckless every once in a while. I would have to go tackle just because I don't want Joe Burrow to be the next Andrew Luck and be out of the league at 28, 29 years old and take a beating on his body. But with somebody like Chase, and especially the history that they have, where they know each other from LSU, obviously, is there. And everybody keeps saying he's the number one receiver in this draft. And that's why I found it really interesting when Michael said that he compares, especially like at the top, this draft of wide receivers to be as good or better than last year's. Because look what all those guys did last year, besides just Justin Jefferson, who is already a top 10 receiver in the league, man. Like, look at Chase Claypool. Nobody was expecting double-digit touchdowns out of him. Um, eat Chanel in the second round. There's just such good value, even in the second round. And as a Packers fan, it really hurts because instead of uh, surrounding Aaron Rodgers with weapons, instead the first position player they draft since Aaron Rodgers was a quarterback who didn't even see any game action or suit up. He was in street clothes all year. But if I'm the Bengals, man, I have to go tackle. Or I would have did what Kansas City did because that's the smart way to do it is you get yourself a proven player. But the problem is what would they have had to give up? They probably weren't going to obviously want to give up a top 10 draft pick, maybe something in the second round. But I'd want a proven tackle to protect Burrow, especially coming off that injury. Like, is he even going to be ready for training camp? So I would have to go tackle. But there's so many different options there. And when Chase is available, I mean, hmm. You at least have to consider it, right? Because he's going to need weapons, Burrow as well. You're going to have to protect him, but so, also who's he throwing the football to? If you're Cincinnati, I, I if I'm a Bengals fan today, here's my thinking. Okay, do I want to go with Jamar Chase in the first round, best offensive tackle in the second round, or do I go with Sewell in the first round, best available wideout in the second round? That's what you're oh. thinking. That's the debate going on right now. Yeah, just because Sewell, like, I mean – we know what he is. He's 21 years old. He's 6'6". He's 325 pounds. So he's the model that you want in your, you know, all pro tackle of the future. And I still think that there will be good enough value in the second round at the receiver position, especially like with some gadget type players, maybe somebody you stick in the slot. And then you look at, you know, some free agents that will be available at the wide receiver. What would you, what would you do? What I would, would tackle, do? man, and I know, like, as a fan, like, it's not the sexiest pick. You get a tackle when you could have Chase, who mm -hmm. could be the best receiver in the league, like, in a year. But you have to protect Joe Burrow. Again, like, you just think of all the quarterbacks. Because I hate when we label some quarterbacks as busts that never really had a shot. Like, did Sam Darnold ever really Sam have Darnold. a shot? You know what I first, mean? First thing I thought of when you said, when you made that statement about quarterbacks. First thing I thought of. Like, you need time, man. Like, and the thing is, especially – Another great thing, like I'll continue to like, Michael had a great, like that was great today. The other thing that he said is like the reason why wide receivers remember when drafting a receiver in the first round was a gamble and you really didn't know what you had until like year three or year four. Now it's yeah. the same with quarterbacks, like the way that we evaluate quarterbacks. Like I loved Justin Herbert at Oregon and everybody hated him. And I hate the cases that they make. Well, Oregon quarterback, College football in the NFL, like it used to be that some of these guys, their game wouldn't translate. But now NFL offenses are college offenses. And so I can't like I could just think of so many different examples of quarterbacks that were drafted into terrible situations. And then we labeled them as boss like Sam Darnold. I'm really rooting for him in Carolina. You need time man. you need weapons. I getting hit from your blind side, especially as a young quarterback. I would take the opposite approach of what you just said if you're Cincinnati. And believe me, I was one of those people saying they've got to protect Joe Burrow, but I to get the talent level and clearly the best wide receiver in the draft with Chase, and you hook him up with this college teammate, that would be so much fun. You got to score some points if you're going to compete with the top of this division. And, and then you're telling me, okay, early in the second round, 
you can get a top five, top six offensive tackle. And I look at the names there, yeah. like Leatherwood. What was he? A, he was a three-year starter at Alabama. Or Eichenberg, a three-year starter at left tackle at Notre Dame with the way they churn out offensive linemen. Tevin Jenkins over at Oklahoma State. You're going to get one of those guys there early in the second round. If you go with Chase in the first round, that's what I would do. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't hate that either. I, I really, yeah. honestly, they have to go either way, though. Like, they yes. have to go tackle. Agreed. They have to go chase. If they do something Bengals-like and go pass rusher, which they won't, or outside linebacker, that's where you rip the pick. But either way, man, I don't really hate it. Like, I get it. Again, like, as a Bengals fan, I would – man, it depends. If I'm, like, anywhere – See, because I, I <laughs> all right, let, let, let's I say go this ahead. Though, but if, if, if Green Bay or like the team that I root for, or if the Bears have a top 10 pick, and right. you're saying, here's the best tackle, it's not even guaranteed that he's going to be the best tackle in this draft. It's pretty right. damn guaranteed that Jamar Chase is going to be the best receiver. I like the receivers, and I do agree. It's a very tough Like, I like Waddle. Obviously, how do you not like Devontae Smith? He was probably the best college player I've seen like in the last six years. Yeah. Man, I. I yeah, that, I, that's I, why I did. That's why I went there. Yeah, it's tough. It's tough. But man, even if Kyle Pitts was there, which I don't. Oh know. God! Because what, what is I every don't see that happening? Every young quarterback needs a tight end, and so yeah. I really wouldn't hate that either. They could go so many different ways. I just really want them to protect Joe Burrow. I like him way too much for him to be out of the league in five years. Okay, gut reaction. Let's roll through some of these over unders over at points bet. You tell me. You take the under the over or no bet, which is fine. If, if you don't have a, a strong opinion on it, that's fine. The aforementioned Pitts, everybody loves him. Some say he's the best player in the draft. His over-under is five and a half, juiced to the under, as it should be, at minus 175. I still like it at minus 175. That's an underplay for me. I don't see this man getting a six. Same here, man. And a couple of weeks ago, what's crazy is I probably actually would have taken a shot with the over just because I feel like when these quarterbacks, like when Zach Wilson goes off the board, let's say Fields goes three or Mac Jones goes three. I feel like somebody's going to overreact and try to trade their way up. But with Kyle Pitts, everybody brings this kid up. He's pretty much a wide receiver that plays the tight end position, which is kind of the model that you want in the NFL. I just mm -hmm. think that he's too damn talented to slip the six. So I'm with you. I'd have to go under. I'd pay the juice. He's like a sure. one we, we never talk about tight ends like this. Even like, you know, a lot of the guys, nobody knew who Rob Gronkowski was or George Kittle really was. They weren't hyped up like this. So I, I'd go under. Trey Lance, number six and a half, juiced to the under. So Dolphins are at that sixth spot. Um, what are we doing here? Is he going top six? Get plus money if he goes top six. I'm yeah. sorry, opposite. You yeah. Get plus money if it's over. Yeah. See, I still think it is over, but now I'm kind of buying into this hype that maybe that will be the third pick. And we had Mike Dettelier on last week on this show, and then we ended up having him on our show in Milwaukee. And he was told the reason that San Francisco moved up to three was because Trey Lance was their guy. And I completely agree. They didn't move up to three to evaluate fields, to evaluate Mac Jones. They know exactly who they're going with, Joe. Like, especially that organization. If it's the Bears, you know, then maybe they're talked into Mitch Trubisky like last minute. But an uh, organization with John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan and especially the success that they've had, and they're built to win right now. They know their guy. I would mm -hmm. still – it's over, man. I, I I do think Lance – I think he's – I do too. Yeah. I agree with you. I agree with you. It, I feel like everything we've heard out of San Francisco with that third selection, what we're going to learn is 
where does the power lie? Who's really making these calls? Yeah. And I think most people assume that it's Kyle Shanahan as much as we talk about Kyle Shanahan. But is it more Lynch? I don't know. Offensive lineman, Sewell, six and a half juice to the under. Slater's nine and a half juice to the under. Uh, both juice to the under. Yeah. Sewell, six and a half. Slater, nine and a half. And by the way, you go back a couple weeks ago, the Slater number was a lot higher. See, yeah, I would go with the under on Sewell just because I do think ultimately that's what Cincinnati ends up doing. The only thing, the only, do you think it's going to matter that he opted out of the 2020 season just so there's not fresh tape on him and maybe he's not even tackled to go? No. Yes. No, I do. I do. I do think it matters. It it, it all matters. It's all part of the resume. Yeah, but still, man, he was an All-American. He won the Outland Trophy the year before. I think I would go under. I think he's going to be the fifth pick of this draft. I do think that they invest in Joe Burrow and they protect him. I can see both. I could see both guys sliding a little bit just past uh, where the number is set. And that's that would be plus money on the overside. I mean, again, it's Monday. We have until Thursday. There's going to be a lot of rumors, a lot of information thrown out there. But if I had to place a wager on either of these guys, I would go over. Over on that? Yeah. yeah. Everybody has certain mock to 10 at Dallas. Is that going to happen? And, of course, the, not, the number is 10 and a half due to the under. So yeah. every, they're, they're saying, do you think he goes to Dallas? That's what that is. I mean. He's got to, right? But it's Dallas. So, like, would you be shocked if they take another wide receiver like they did with C.D. Lamb? I mean, they're going to average 35 points per game if Dak's healthy, but they're not going to be able to stop anybody. They have to go defense, and he's obviously the best corner in this draft. They need help in that secondary. I don't think he's still past 11. I could see him going offense. What we just said about Joe Burrow. You got to protect Dak coming off that season-ending injury. I don't know, man. I'm going to hit that. God. This is going to be so much fun. I'm going to have so many bets.